everyone. Welcome to E Pluribus Unum with Emily. I'm Emily. Um, today I want to talk about something that conservatives, it's a term that conservatives use all the time, but like so many terms that conservatives talk about all the time, we do a very poor job of explaining why it's important. And I think it's because when something's important to you, it's so obvious why it's important. And it's not always so easy to explain. You just think, well, duh. But um, we're going to talk about small government and what conservatives mean when we say that small government is important and why it's such a value and why it's something that we fight for and want. And I'm particularly thinking about it today because of the election. And just imagine, everyone is so riled up, and we're not just riled up today, but we have been since, what, since 2019, when we first heard of some of the people that were going to be running for president. So every election cycle for a year and a half, people are election-focused. And it totally makes sense why people are, because the federal government is so big and makes so many choices, the government, in the government in general makes so many choices and laws that affect our lives, no wonder we care so deeply about who is in power. But imagine if the government didn't have that much power, then every four years we would still be making a choice and it would still matter because they would be making, still the government does things and needs to make decisions, but imagine if they had 50% less power, it wouldn't matter quite as much who was in charge. So when we as conservatives use the term small government, we really mean, we mean small. We mean in terms of the number of people who are involved in government work and also the scope of what the government does. And this is an ideal in the Constitution, but I don't think it's good because it's in the Constitution. I think the Constitution is just a reflection of a good ideal in the world. So it, in the 10th Amendment to the Constitution, the text specifically is, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So basically any powers that are not explicitly belonging to the federal government then belong to the states or to the people. And to the people is actually the most important because that means, oh, we actually have, we have power, guys. We have rights and we should be able to make decisions for ourselves. And this was, remember, when the Constitution was being written, there was a, an argument between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, the Federalists were arguing for a very strong central government, and the Anti-Federalists were arguing for a less strong central government. Both had merits at the time, and what a big central government looked like, looked like in 1781 is so different from what it looks like in 2020, but they, but they still knew and the, the anti-federalists who would not sign off on the Constitution until they got these amendments because they knew what a 
big federal government look like. Remember, they had just broken off from a monarchy, which is total and complete power over one's subjects. So people were pretty hesitant to give up, again, so much power to a centralized person or even persons. So, okay, so back to small government. There's so many reasons conservatives want it. First of all, uh, it costs a lot less if you don't have as many people um, and we pay a lot in taxes, so money. But it's not just a, but it's not just an economic reason. There's also the idea that the federal government just can't know as much about every particular city or every town. So they're making decisions that affect people in Wisconsin and people in California, not just people in California, people in San Diego versus people in. Bakersfield. And those people don't live the same lives. And the federal government, we elect people, but they're just people. They're not, they don't get elected and all of a sudden know everything about everything. So they can't know how, um, what exactly the needs of a particular community are, which is why a lot of power was supposed to be left up to the states and moreover to even more local governments, like cities and towns and counties, because because they understand the needs of their people, and the needs of their people are very different than the needs of people on the other side of the country. And think about it again, when the Constitution was written in 1781, we didn't have two coasts. We didn't have two coasts of, and all the middle states of people, and their lives are so different. So to make laws for how people in Maine should live and how people in New Mexico should live, they don't live the same lives. They don't have the same problems. They don't have the same weather. They just, they don't live the same thing. So to have the federal government making laws is just impractical. So small government is better because it doesn't cost as much. It's more attentive to the needs of the people. Um, and also it allows us to not freak out every four years. Our lives shouldn't be in upheaval every few years. I mean, it's really every four years, maybe every eight years, but that shouldn't happen. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things that can put one's life in upheaval. You can lose a job, someone can get cancer, you can, you know, get in a car accident and not be able to walk ever again. So many things can put your life in upheaval that to add one more thing that's sort of in our control, right? Because we, the people, have the opportunity to choose how much power is given to our government, though we have less and less because once you start to give up power, here's the thing about people. Uh, people seem to like power. I don't. I didn't even like being president of clubs in college or high school. I just found it very difficult. I like being secretary. I like being involved in help making decisions or planning events. But president is a lot of work and it's a lot of power and responsibility. But some people really like power. And once you give people power, it's very hard for them to give it up. So I say that it's in the hands of we the people to have a smaller government. I don't, I don't know that that's an easy thing. It would have to be a slow chipping away. Someone elects someone who says, I'm going to repeal all the laws that don't make sense anymore, or something like that. Um, 
so so that's that's the idea of small government it it's more attentive to the needs of the people that's really the biggest thing about it the cost savings are good also and the idea that our life isn't isn't um overhauled every four years the truth is our lives are not totally overhauled every four years okay so I don't know exactly when this happened, but it used to be that in a lot of the federal bureaucracies, every time there was a new president, they could and would fire all the employees and bring in all their own people. And then it was realized, oh, you know what, someone's job in like the Bureau of Land Management shouldn't be lost just because they were appointed by a Democrat and now there's a Republican in office. Like, they're doing a fine job, let them continue to work, you know, whatever. So so their jobs are protected. So now we have these giant bureaucracies which don't change. Which in a way could be an argument for oh well fine don't give as much power to government give power to bureaucracies. But the problem with bureaucracies is that we really have no recourse there because we don't vote for those people. And it's very hard to be fired from a government job. I mean, we have all had bad teachers and we know about police unions, it's very hard, or, you know, where it's hard for bad police to get fired. Anyway, so bigger bureaucracy, even though so many of those rules are what actually dictate our lives these days and not new laws, it's uh, still, that's not better. Almost in a way better to have more laws, because at least you can vote for different people, but you don't get to vote for new heads of, or employees of those big bureaucracies. So big bureaucracy is just as bad and possibly worse than big government. But I guess I guess I'm just on this theme A because people talk about small government all the time and for me as a conservative it's so obvious. Yeah, why would you want to give some people power? But other people don't seem to get it. Especially it seems like people on the left and I could be wrong, but it seems like people on the left at the same time that they're willing to give up power. I mean, they want the government to make decisions about Healthcare. I mean, healthcare. For goodness' sake, how is the how is some federal bureaucracy supposed to know about your individual health needs? So you're putting all the power in their hands. That to me is incredible. That people think that that's a smart idea. But there also seems to be this idea that history and government is following a certain path. So it's okay to give more power because oh, remember when Obama was in president, and then now we'll just get Bernie Sanders or we'll get Joe Biden. We'll just continue to have Democrats, and I'm okay with having Democrats having power. And then Trump got elected, and people hate Trump, but they don't put together the fact that if you give up so much power, the government, thank God, in the United States, still changes between parties. So if you give up so much power when it's a Democrat, you might have a Republican next. Do you want this Republican that you hate or at least so much disagree with? Do you want that person to have power over you? I I wouldn't. And it's, I mean, I wouldn't want anyone to have that much power over me. But knowing that the government can go back and forth between people you like and people you don't. Why would you ever trust the government with that much power? Because you have to know that every 48 years, let's say, someone with vastly different values and ideals than you will have all this power. That's a terrible idea. Wouldn't it be better if we have more decisions and power over our own lives so that way 
okay, you know what, now there's a Democrat in power. It's not my favorite, but it's not a huge deal because history and the government isn't following a path. It goes back and forth. So there's no certainty that everything that you hold sacred is going to be safe. If you let people make power, then someone at some point is going to be in power who you don't like, but guess what? They're still going to make laws. So small government recapping, it's economic, it's more economical and it's more attentive to its citizens and it's better for the exchange of power because then your life isn't changed every four years. It's also more Torah-based. So the ancient Israelites were never supposed to have a king. You've probably heard of King David and King Solomon, who are both great men and renowned for Solomon was renowned for his wisdom. King David wrote the Psalms. He was a mighty warrior. Uh, He was a very pious person, but they weren't actually supposed to be kings. And in fact, when the Jews or the Israelites asked God for a king, he was very upset. So the it's not that there wasn't going to be leadership. There were prophets and there were judges. There were people in charge, or at least people that individuals could turn to in, in times of need, you know, or to settle disputes. But there wasn't supposed to be a king because God knows that people are corruptible. And if you give people power, they're going to want more. And there's not really a way. Once you go down the road of having a king, you can't really go back. And some kings might be great. You know, some kings might be a David or a Solomon who are also as great as they were flawed. But most people are not that great. And, but kings don't live forever. Only God is forever. So if God is your one leader, and then, okay, again, there are judges, so there are people who might settle disputes, but not making laws, if you follow God's laws, then you're not subject to the whims and fancies of individual humans. Um, the Israelites asked for a king during the reign of, not the reign, that's incorrect, he was a prophet, so not the reign, but during the tenure of Samuel, and I'm going to read a little bit. This is from Samuel 8, 6, chapter 8, verse 6. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king, as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know that what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, This is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. So 
And then going down just quickly to Samuel 8, 19, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. People like being taken care of. We're, we grow for the first, let's say, 18 years of our lives. We're taken care of. We have our parents and we need our parents for sure. Obviously, as a baby, as a, as a young person, you need your parent. You need people showing you the way of the world. But at some point, you have to grow up. You can't always have someone taking care of you and fixing things for you. But it's a lot easier emotionally to live with a parent-like force. And you, when you're a child, you actually have a parent. But when you grow up, you don't have your parent anymore. But it's scary in the world because your decisions have consequences. And if you make the wrong choice, you might lose a lot of money. You could lose your job. You could lose your house. You could lose the love of your life. There are, there are, there are really high risks for the decisions you make and it's scary and people are not ready for the fact that the world is scary so they go from their parents house and then they still want to be taken care of and when your parents aren't there to take care of you you want a king or you want the government and you think oh the government's gonna fix everything and you know what my I went to school but my loans are so high and how am I ever gonna pay them back oh well the government will just take care of your loans for you or oh my goodness you know healthcare is really expensive oh well what if the government just does this for me and you can make that for everything what if the government just what if the government just takes care of me helps me get food and housing and all these things and yes emotionally it's so much easier because then you think okay there's not really any risk because I know there's a a net beneath me to catch me if I fall off the trapeze, but you that's not how adults live. Adults live and make real choices that can have real consequences. And yes, some of those consequences are dire, which is why as small as conservatives do want the government, I don't know a conservative that says there shouldn't be some sort of safety net for people who really need it. Because sometimes, because the government is responsible for its citizens. And so there should be something there for people who really need it, whether it's uh, psychiatric care that they truly can't get anywhere else or homeless shelters or some sort of food program for people who really need it. Most conservatives think that that is a job of government, though still think that it would be better relegated to local government because what a homeless person in Schenectady needs is different than what a homeless person in Portland needs. But yes, the government absolutely should be involved in some of that, though conservatives still think that personal or private organizations and charities are, or personal, you know, just people giving charity uh, in Jewish communities. There are all sorts of aid societies set up. I'm sure Christians have something similar and, you know, within communities, com- people taking care of each other in communities is the ideal, but yes, some government. So when we say small government, again, we're not saying no government, because government is necessary for certain things. There are certain things we can't do as individuals. There are certain things the states can't do. So the federal government, national security, that's one thing they can take care of, or interstate commerce or foreign trade. There are some things that only a nation can do with other nations or to protect the nation as a whole. And there's some things state governments do better, like building roads, or, you know, managing if there is going to be health care for 
people at the very bottom. There, there are things that governments can take care of. It's not that conservatives want some sort of anarchy. We just want the ability to make decisions about our own lives. And we also don't, we know ourselves and we know that humans are fallible and we know that the people in power are also just humans who are equally fallible. And so we don't want to give them power because even if today we're voting in the most perfect person, whoever the most perfect person you can imagine, you're voting them in today, but there's only one of that person. And then in four years, you're voting in someone else who's going to be not that perfect, but you've now given them all your power. Just because they're less perfect doesn't mean they have less power because the power is in the government, not in the individual. So it's so that's why we don't want big government because we don't trust people because people like power and people also just sometimes make stupid laws that don't make any sense or that harm people or individuals. So I guess that's it. So that's that's why we want small government. It's economical. It protects the rights of the individuals of minorities. It's better suited to local people and individuals. Let me say that one more time. So the reason that we want small government is first because it costs less, as we mentioned. Second, because local governments can be more attentive to the needs of its citizens. It understands that people are fallible, so it doesn't give power to too much power to fallible human beings and allows individuals to make choices over their own lives. It also resists the upheaval that happens every few years because just even though power or the presidency changes hands, if they don't have a, if the presidency doesn't have a lot of power or the legislature or judiciary, by the way, don't have a lot of power, then your life doesn't have to massively change every four years. And also because it's what God wants. God wants us to govern ourselves by his laws, which are moral and ethical and not give up power to the, a human because, because humans are fallible. Humans can be wonderful. Some of the, you know, there are amazing people, but they're also, you don't even have to go to awful people. There are just a lot of people in the middle who are stupid or who aren't wise. And why would you want to give up your power to someone like that? Anyway, that's, uh, that's a little bit about small government. Thank you so much for listening to Ape Barbers Human. I so appreciate it. If you like the show, if it opens your mind and improves your day, please share it with others because the wish with this podcast is to open minds and hearts and to help people have more positivity in their lives. Also, please subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review on the apps that allow it. For more of my thoughts and other ideas of, from other people that I share, follow me on Instagram at conservative Jewish female, all one word spelled normally. See you soon! Thank you.